your Bible, please go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you have a Bible probably right in front of you. And we're also going to have the scripture on the screen. So we're going to go to Philippians uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 20. Starting in verse 20, it says this. It says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am no longer uh, living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue uh, with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So some of you guys know we're starting a brand new series, and this new series is called Press On, and it's based on the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to a church in a Roman colony called Philippi. Now, the Apostle Paul, a lot of us know, but maybe, maybe you don't know who the Apostle Paul was. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He was a, a Pharisee uh, that actually turned into a disciple of Christ as a result of having an encounter, a miraculous encounter with Jesus on the road to a town called Damascus. Um, and in that moment, he, he switched his whole life around and he started uh, preaching the gospel and he started planting a bunch of churches in Asia Minor. And so Philippi is one of the churches that the Apostle Paul uh, established. It's actually the first church that he ever established. And he writes this letter from prison. This is one of uh, Paul's imprisonments, and he, he uh, writes a letter as a thank you for a gift that he received. And so uh, the person that gave him this gift from the church in Philippi, his name was Epaphroditus. Now, I dare you to call your child Epaphroditus. Like, I'll have a whole new respect for you if that's the name of your child. So Epaphroditus was the guy that, um, that gave the gift, and then Paul writes this thank you letter to them. Now, the, the church in Philippi was having a lot of issues, and one of the main issues, that they, as I said earlier, it was a Roman colony, and there was a lot of retired soldiers there. And so the problem was that when, when these um, people became followers of Jesus, they had to uh, no longer pledge allegiance to Rome, but now they pledge allegiance to Jesus. And so the followers of Jesus, they became uh, persecuted, and they uh, had a lot of, of, of issues because it, w it became very increasingly difficult to be a Christian in that, in that community. And so Paul writes this letter, and in this uh, letter of gratitude, he writes about a bunch of different things, but one of the main things that he's writing about is how do I, or how do they, become uh, an image of Jesus in their day-to-day -day life? And so that's applicable to them, and it's also applicable to all of us here today. And so in this series, I'm going to be talking about four things. And today I'm going to talk about the first thing. And the thing I'm going to talk about today is this whole idea of I can't lose. I can't lose. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can't lose. And so I want to talk about that here a little bit. You see, if I ask, if I ask you a question, let me ask you a question here. What's your biggest fear? You don't have to answer out loud. Spiders? Spiders? Um, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, for some people, it might be spiders, you know. Um, but one of the big fears that people have is the fear of death. Like, like there's, this, there's this fear of the unknown of what's going to happen on the other side. And it's a very common fear. Like, you fear it. I mean, even as a Christian, we're like, okay, I believe that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. But also, there's like this fear. Like, what's on the other side? We get some glimpses of what it might be, but there's this thing that we know we're walking toward, and there's going to be a moment when we're going to step onto the other side, and there's a lot of, of mystery there. And so I want to talk a little, bit, a little bit about that. You see, one of the things that we offer as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is hope in the midst of death. And that's a big one. Like, we've had quite a few funerals at this church in the past months, And I've had the privilege of officiating a few of these funerals, but I've also had the honor of officiating funerals for families that are non-Christian families. And I'm going to tell you, there's a stark difference. Like, obviously, when someone dies, it's a sad moment. But a Christian funeral is so different than a funeral that is not Christian. And one of the the things about just the testimony of the reality of who Jesus is and the hope that he brings is just by observing how people experience this. And so I want to talk a little bit about Paul's perspective on, on death. It's very interesting the way he talks about it here. Because many of us, when we think about about death, we, we wonder, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen on the other side? We think about this, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I think about it quite a bit because it is, it is a mystery. But as I was saying earlier, it's, it's, it's beautiful for us to know as Christians that we have, we have this, this hope. And so I want to I offer to you this morning uh, an uncomfortable but an obvious reality. And the reality is this. You're going to die. And it's going to happen soon. Okay? Humanity has 100% death rate so far. Okay? This is going to happen, and you're going to be there when it happens. Okay? I know many people are obsessed with, I wonder when the world is going to end. Is it going to happen a hundred years from now, or is it going to happen 10,000 years from now? And it always blows my mind to think about how we obsess over life on earth ending in a hundred years or 10,000 years while knowing for sure that our life on earth will end, if you're over 20, at least in the next 80 years. That's for sure. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah, you know, different, it's different for everyone. Um, but you never know. Hey, you never know. So, and James describes life like a vapor. He describes life like a vapor. James 4, 14 says this, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, when I was 17 and I would read that, I'm like, that's kind of an exaggeration. But at 47, I can see my death from here. Seriously. And it's interesting because like my mind feels young, but my body just doesn't accompany me the way that it used to. I heard someone once say, the days go by slow, but the years fly by. And there's a sense of anxiety that sometimes comes when you notice the signs of old age. And the reason why I share this is because we're in this whole series 
called Press On. And then the, the theme is like this race. Like we're on a race. Like we're, we're walking on this, on this path, right? And it's this race called, called life. And the question, that I, the question is not whether or not you are in a race. The question is, as the clock is ticking, what race are you on? What race are you on? Are you running the right race? And you see, the problem is most of us, or many of us possibly, the race that we tend to run is a race in which we want to leave our mark. You want to leave your mark, whether it's with your family, with your kids, and your job. And I want to say this nicely, but make no mistake, leaving your mark on earth is the wrong race. If, you're, if your focus in life is leaving your mark, that is the wrong, you are running the wrong race. That is the wrong race. Now, it may seem natural, but it's the wrong one. And this was the race that Paul was, was running before he met Jesus. The moment he met Jesus, he changed his, his race. You see, we are all investing our time in something. And we all have a reason for this. You may not even know what it is. In one way or another, we want to leave, we want to leave our mark. I heard this story once of a, a guy that went to high school and he was a, was a star athlete, baseball player, I think. And, um, you know, he's very promising and he had a lot of trophies and there was this section in the high school where all his trophies were there. And he loved, as he was in high school, to see the trophies, very popular and very promising. He got injured, ended high school, went off and did something completely different with his life. He got he got married, he started selling insurance, and then 10 years later, he was divorced, and his life just didn't work out the way he thought it would. So he thought, I'm going to go back to my high school. I want to go to that spot where all my trophies are. So I'm, like, I'm going to just go there because I'm feeling a little down. I want to go back to that high school. So he goes back to the high school, tries to look for his trophies. Trophies aren't there. The whole display of trophies had, had been gone because of a remodeling, and then he leaves like he was sad. He was depressed. Like, where are all these trophies? And then he just happened to walk by a dumpster that was right outside of the, the high school, and all of his trophies were in that dumpster when he walked away. He was devastated. Why? No one remembered him. No one cared. And th this story hurts because I think all of us want to leave our mark in one way or another, but I want to tell you, that is the wrong race because it will never deliver like you think that it will. So I want to give you a reality check. I was sharing this with some friends the other day. Here it is. I think one of the most important realities for a Christian to come to terms with is the fact that when you are gone, no one will remember you and no one will care what you did. All right, let's close in prayer. Send it right there. Hey, I don't like preaching this, but it's true. You see, facing this tough reality will help you focus your life correctly as a Christian. The closest people, after you're gone, the, clo you, the closest people will remember you for a few years. Most of those who will go to your funeral will have moved on by dinner. But some of us, if we're lucky, will be a dusty picture on our great-grandkids' wall somewhere and their kids will look at that and say, who's that bald guy? I don't know. I think he was like a priest or something. I don't remember. Okay. Why do I bring this up? 
Because trying to leave our mark is akin to trying to earn trophies that will end in a trash bin. Um, Jesus talks about this when he's referring to the concept of the, the wheat and the chaff in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 13. So the chaff is burned because it's useless. It's all these things that we've wasted our life with. Something I've never heard on someone's deathbed is this. Let me get one more whiff of the leather in my Ferrari. It's chaff. Or I've never heard this. Let me get one more glimpse of my fat bank statement. Never heard of that. It's chaff. Let me once more look at my PhD diploma. Never heard that. Never heard that. It's chaff. I've never heard anyone speak about the person who has passed away at their funeral and say, man, he had so much money. Chaff. He drove an awesome car. Chaff. He had acquired so much knowledge. Chaff. See, nobody cares about these, yet we focus our lives on trying to achieve these. That, brothers and sisters, is the wrong race. If you're living your life to leave your mark, you're running the wrong race. You're running the wrong race. If you're running the wrong race, you will never have the peace that Paul had. And if you never have the peace that Paul had, you will never be able to say, hey, if I die, I'm good because I get to be with Jesus forever. And if I live, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Like that peace, that, that is the peace that following Jesus will offer you. So what I want to do is I want to propose a, a change in, in your life that will hopefully allow you to refocus and, and gain the peace that Paul had. Because that, that, that peace is available to us. Um, here's the first problem. And this is going to sound strange when I say it. The first problem that we have is Jesus being part of our life. Let me say, Pastor, what? Yes, Jesus being part, part of our life. What do you mean by that? Well, let me explain it this way. I remember hearing a song. This was a, a, a Christian artist. It was a, from Chile. She, she was a Christian, but her songs weren't Christian, but she was a Christian, and she wrote songs about her life. And there's this one song that she wrote that I, I kind of liked it, and it was about, she was a world traveler. She, so she talked about all the places that she would travel, and then she talked about this backpack that she had, and she, would, she said, Jesus is, is the one that is never lacking in my backpack. I thought that was kind of cool because you got Jesus in your backpack. So you're walking in life, you're doing life, and you got Jesus in there. And so whenever you need Jesus, you pull Jesus out and you talk to Jesus, you pray to Jesus, you know, your Bible. Like it's useful because you're on this trip called life and Jesus is always back there. So I thought about that a little bit more and I realized I think that's the issue here. I think it's possible that that, that is the problem. That the problem is that many of us, we have Jesus as part of our life. And we're on our trajectory. We have our goals. We have our future. We have our dreams. We have our family. We have our ambitions. And you want to you leave your mark on earth. And then you come to church and you read your Bible and you pray, which are all great things. But you take all of these things that are helpful about religion so that they will help you get to the goal that you have set for yourself. That's completely backwards. Now, let me just be completely honest with you. Um, what you're doing is, is using Jesus as an add-on in your life. 
See, Jesus is not meant to be part of your life, but he's meant to be your very life. And your focus, not to leave your mark, but to only leave the marks of Jesus after you're gone. You see, Pat, you may say, Pastor, this seems way too far. And I'm saying, hey, keep coming to church. It's fine. Keep reading your Bible. That's fine. Pray. Like all these things, I'm saying, keep doing them. But if, if you expect to revolve, to have Jesus revolve around your life, as opposed to have all of your life revolve around Jesus, you will never be able to, to say, like Paul, if I die, I will be with Jesus forever. And if I'm alive, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. We can't have backpack Jesus. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't give us that option. See, Paul can't lose. Because Jesus was his everything. Not an add-on in his life. It was everything. Everything. Jesus was everything for him. And his focus wasn't to leave his mark, but to leave the marks of Jesus. And I think that's a good aim for our lives as well. As we think about our lives and moving forward and the things that we're doing. But in order for this to, to happen, there has to be a shift in our, in our mentality. And I'm telling you, I'm working on this. I'm, please don't feel like I got it figured out. I'm telling you what to do. I'm like, I'm working on this as we speak. Romans 12, 2, says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what is it saying here? What is the pattern of this world? Well, the pattern of this world is whatever it is that you're doing in your life. Most of us here is trying to leave our mark. With this focus, Scripture is telling us you'll end up lost and unable to know God's will because you're, you're just, we're just like the world. So we can't hear from God because we're, we're doing all the things that everyone else does. So we can't hear from God. And you end up lost because you're running your own race. Honestly, I don't know what, what would feel worse, to look back at your life and realize that you didn't reach any of your goals or to look back at your life and to realize that you reached far beyond the goals that you could have ever dreamed of, but you feel exactly the same. So how do we take a different path? I'm going to say something that's going to sound so cheesy right now. How do we take a different path? Here we go. You got to look up. Okay. But it's true. You got to look up. Take your mind off of these 80 years that you have here on earth and all the things that are on the earth that you got to look up. you got to look up. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. We've been raised with Christ. We've been baptized. We're followers of Jesus. We've been raised with Christ. Then step two, so you got baptized. I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, here's what comes next. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Um, I, I've picked on my mom in the past, and I think I might have told this story before. If I did, I apologize. But I only have one life, so I only have a certain amount of stories that I can tell. Um, so, so my mom taught me how to dive. She never doesn't know how to dive. She taught me how to ride a bike. She doesn't know how to ride a bike. She taught me. 
So she taught me how to ride a bike when I was little. I was riding my bike, and I kept falling. Trying to ride my bike, I would fall, I would fall, I would fall. My mom realized what the problem was. Well, the problem was I kept looking at the front tire. So I was, I was driving, I was just looking down. So my logic was flawed because I thought that by looking at my front tire, I was going to be able to avoid any problems that I would have. If there's any holes, if there's any rocks, you know, I would be able to avoid anything that would happen. But what I, what, what, what I thought was going to be helpful to me was actually the very thing that was causing me to fall. My mom says, you got to look up. Look at where you're going. Don't look at where you're at. So I lifted my eyes. It made no sense to me because I didn't know what was going on down here. I just had to look out straight. And all of a sudden, everything straightened out and I was able to keep my balance. Okay, why do I tell that story? Because the same is true with when we follow Jesus. You see, when we have our mind set on the earthly things, like, oh, what's going to happen next, and this and that, and what if, 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 we think that we're being helpful. God is in control. He's telling us, set your mind on things above, set your mind on Christ, and you will be better at life. Things will balance out. You will be better. Life here will be better for you if you set your mind on things above, on Christ. Look up. So my mom said, it's what we're invited to do as well. You see, here's the thing. It's not about leaving my, my mark. Um, it's not about that. It's not about that. You see, if you take your mind off of the ground, your life becomes more livable. This is what Paul discovered. discovered. That's why he could be in, prison, in a prison cell waiting for possible execution, and he was good. Right? His heart was up. He was looking at Jesus. It's not about leaving my mark. It's about leaving the mark of Jesus wherever you go. That's the end. End of story. That's, that's Christianity. Jesus be glorified. Whether you eat, you speak, you preach, you go to the grocery store, Christ be glorified in everything that you do. That's why we're here, by the way. In your marriage, in your kids, in your work, now, I could use this illustration and say, hey, look, look at Jesus and your life will pan out. That's not true and it's not what the scripture says. Paul himself was in prison. His life wasn't panning out. It, wasn't, it was not good. This will make you better at life because you will be at peace knowing you can't lose because ultimately everything's going to be okay because Jesus made it okay whether you live or you die, whether in this meat suit, right, that holds your spirit or outside of it, we'll be fine. We can't lose because Jesus beat death on the cross. All right, so I'm going to end with this. I heard a pastor once uh, talk about the obsession that many of us have with leaving our mark, and he, and he used this illustration. He was like, imagine your life is a, is a crime scene. And then you walk away from the crime scene. You committed a crime. You walk away. Your life was a crime scene. It's kind of a weird illustration now that I think about it. But it's like a crime scene, right? Not that you did anything bad. It's an illustration. Your life. And you walk away. And the CSI people try to figure out who did what. And they look at your life. And the only thing that they can find are the fingerprints of Jesus. And nobody remembers anything about your life. That's a good goal. That's a really good goal. It's a goal for anything that you do in life. 
You won't be, you will never ever be satisfied in your life if you seek your own thing. It may seem like, oh, once I get this, then finally it's going to deliver. It won't. I promise you. I promise you. So here's what I want us to do. I'm going to I want, to, I want us to think about this because I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will, will reveal this to you in, the, in, a, in a new way that we're called to live, a life of purpose, where it's not about yourself. It's about Christ being lifted up and glorified in everything that you do. So I want to ask if we could close our eyes here for a minute. I'm going to say a few things, and this is a moment for you. You see, many, many of us run races that give trophies that will end up in a pile of rubble. We're all, all called to something bigger, which may be something smaller, but it's something bigger. It may seem small from an earthly perspective, but it's the only thing that matters. Something eternal, something that is wheat and not chaff. When we set our minds on things above we can come to the most dire situations and be able to say, like Paul, if I keep living, I keep revolving my whole life around Jesus, keep doing what I'm doing, and if I die, it's a gain because I will be with Jesus forever. So it's not about our mark. It's about the mark of Jesus. So Lord God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, because you've spoken to us. I believe you have today. I pray, God, that you will help us understand what life is truly about. Life seems so, there's so many things about life that are attractive, that promise but don't deliver. I pray that we will not fall into these traps and that whatever we do, we will set our minds on things above where you are seated next to God. And that will be our only aim. So we pray these things and we thank you for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.